0: so that you can learn how to build a successful and aligned business simply as a byproduct of your personal awakening. So when you're ready, take a deep breath and I'll see you on the inside. Here we go again. If, if you're on the fence, if you're at this point where you know you're being pulled, you know you're being uh, called by your heart and you're you're wanting to take that next step, but for some reason you're being held back by fear or doubt or frustration, whatever it may be, this is the conversation to listen to. We've got Asha Prasad here, who's, who's basically the creator of the Prasad Method, and she loves coupling Eastern philosophies with Western practices, right? So coupling those two, and that's how much, and you know how much I love these sort of topics and, and integrating both these worlds, because it just offers immense amount of insight and and benefit into your life and she's the clear example of following your heart she dropped everything and moved from the states to northern europe just because she had a gut feeling to do that that's all she had all she had was her heart pulling her towards something she didn't know why but she just dropped everything got on a plane went over to a a different continent where she was able to basically learn a different language understand a bit more about how to how to set something up and now she just she's just thriving with not only as as a chiropractor but also in her in her coaching and mentoring business where she just transforms to ceos c-suite executives helping them have a more fulfilling life and helping them follow their heart's guidance so in this episode in this conversation we dive in deep in terms of how you can feel what your calling is, how you can feel where you're in align, in alignment, and also what you can do in your day-to-day life to make sure that you're uh, placing this as a high priority. And so there's so many things in here that you can implement. There's such inspiration in her story and what she had to overcome and what she's doing next. So if you love just inspiration, if you love having someone there that, that can offer you the, the, the knowledge that following your heart is, is okay, it's safe, you're being guided, then you're going to love this. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Okay, guys, welcome back. I've had what feels like 17 interviews in one day. And, uh, and this is another one I'm excited about. So I'm still awake. I still have my voice. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Obviously, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that the topics that flow out of me and that cause so much passion for me are obviously the areas around fulfillment and, and how we can follow our heart, how we can break away from the patterns of safety and security and significance and status and start to be on a path towards love, a path towards growth, a path towards contribution. And so uh, we've got Asha here, Asha Prasad, and I was when I was, when I was looking at her work, not only did I see similarities in myself, but I I noticed a big sense of uh, someone who's just creating a lot of fulfillment in the world. Uh, So Asha creates huge change for, for C-suite executives and, you know, and entrepreneurs and people of high level of success who all of a sudden realize they don't have that internal fulfillment and they're on a path that isn't, you know, their, their guidance. And so, Ashap, I want to first of all welcome you. I'm looking forward to this chat because I'd love different perspectives on this topic. And no doubt people who are listening will will get a lot from it. We'll feed off each other for sure. But first of all, welcome. And I'd love to give you the platform to share a bit about yourself and why it is you do what you do.
1: Thank you very much, Tyson. I really appreciate the opportunity to share this time with you and your listeners. Um, I am, uh, yeah. What is my background exactly? It's it's been quite a journey, I have to say. I grew up in the United States with an Eastern background, Indian Eastern background, in a Western society. So there were a lot of challenges that that brought and, and actually growth opportunities is the way I look at it when I look back on it, because it provided this really kind of like North and South, you know, very opposite um, philosophies to grow up in and how to integrate those became uh, kind of a thing that I had started to master in my own life and started to realize that. And later on, um, you know, I went to, to university, became a chiropractor, stayed in the States for a while. And then about 12 years ago, I really had a big calling. I was, I myself was not, I had, had gone through a lot of uh, different personal losses and some really, really rough times that really kind of brought me down what I would consider to the lowest of my low internally. Externally, everything looked fine, you know, and, but I had this deep sense of like, there's got to be more. There's, there's something else that I'm called to do. And at that point is when I decided to take the big leap and move continents. And I moved to Northern Europe where I am located now and start a new, learn a new language. And it was in that process that I started to see where um, the gaps were for myself, how I wasn't really truly connecting, even though I knew and I had been you know, brought up with so many different practices and philosophies, where those gaps were, where I was feeling unfulfilled and not happy, not joyful and not really doing what I really loved to do. And it was in that process, my own process, that I started developing and eventually developed what I call the Prasad Method. Um, and helping people, and I do have pra- practices. Have two practices where I see patients, but I also coach people and mentor people. And that is something that I really am very passionate about doing because I feel like from my own personal experience and also working with other people, been able to gain a lot of um, a lot of different perspectives to be able to help people. And I can understand, you know, it's it's always very powerful when we can get into someone else's shoes. Right. That point of that perspective to have that compassion and empathy to help people, um, you know, succeed in the way that they want to in life.
0: Wow. Talk a bit about that. Talk a bit about what, what were the challenges specifically growing up, having, you know, Eastern philosophies and, and that type of practice in a Western culture. What was the what was the challenge there?
1: So, the biggest challenge was, and the way I look at it is like in the Eastern philosophies and in my upbringing, it's all about looking at the collective whole, like looking at things holistically, looking at the entire entirety of something. And in the Western society, generally speaking, it's more about the individual. It's more about let's set these goals, let's let's the drive, the real drive. And that was a challenge because it was kind of like, Okay, I'm learning to look at the whole, but I'm still an individual and I have to to succeed. You know, I had this like this idea that, you know, I really have to succeed in this way and it has to look a certain way. And it was a challenge to, to integrate that spirituality, that philosophy into you know, how do you match that with this external success? So it's an internal work. And I consider that the Eastern philosophy is really that internal journey, that internal connection with your true authentic self, and then combining that and integrating with the external. So that was really a challenge. You know, I was doing things like meditation and yoga when my friends were clearly not at the time. And it was really a challenge, but I realized I went for a period of time of about Three or four years where I just kind of, you know, denied my, my culture, denied everything and wasn't doing my meditation, for example. And wow, what a difference. My life became chaotic. I became chaotic and it was very quickly that I realized that, wait a second, that's the foundation. That's a real foundational practice that helps me get connected with my true self and helps me be uh, a better version of myself in the world. And once I realized that, you know, I started to really start to integrate that and incorporate that because, you know, at a younger age, you don't want to be left out. And even as we get older, we, we want to belong. We want a sense of belonging. And um, so that's what really led me to start integrating that.
0: Wow. And before you integrated it, it seems like you had external success, but then yes. was that at the same time? So before you left to go to Northern Europe, were you in a uh-huh. position where you had external success but but you had you were missing something internally and was that because you had uh, basically you know uh, I'll put it as slacking off but not placing a high priority on your on the Eastern philosophies and yoga and things like that?
1: Part of it was Tyson that's a great question part of it was but part of it also was I suffered quite a few losses in my family. Um, I, I lost some friends, you know, and, and it really like it happened very, very quickly one after the other. And I think that whenever we experience traumas, I will consider them traumas and, and losses. Um, it kind of brings you to your knees internally. You know, it kind of brings you to your knees. You start questioning, what is this all about? What is the meaning of life? You know, what am I doing? Like, am I really happy with, and so I really it was like the darkest of the darkest hours that i've I've ever had in my life. and it was through that, because it was so uh, such a dark, hurtful, very sad time, it I wasn't doing my practices, so it really like I, I just knew, wait a second, there's something i'm I'm not connecting with. there's something that's missing. What is that? And in that, I kind of like, you know, step-by-step step kind of uh, climbed climbed the ladder back up out of that darkness through the meditation, yoga, and really looking at, you know, um, where my consciousness really was. Okay, I had all this external excess. People could see it. People were making mention of it, but I was so unhappy and unfulfilled, and that's kind of what led me out to that, and then, of course, that calling I you know when I moved to, to Northern Europe it was really a gut feeling that came to me like probably in one of my lowest points that you know what this is something you got to do and it was scary it was so scary I mean, I can think back to even being on that airplane to move over here I thought you know two suitcases that's it and not knowing the language yet not knowing anyone it was really scary but Uh, looking back, I can see how that really propelled my, you know, transformational spiritual journey, actually. Well, now that, now that you're
0: there, now that you're Uh living there and learning a different language, do you know now why you had that, that gut response to say, make the leap and
1: and get on the, get on the plane? I do. I do actually. And you know what? And I also think, I mean, I do up until now, I think that, Over time, things get revealed to us if we're Mm. open to it and in a space to allow it to come up. I can see now that, you know, when I look at 12 years ago and I look at now, that whole process, that kind of raw process helped me actually get in touch with my true essential self kind of dissolve some of the limiting beliefs that I had, some of some of the perspectives that weren't serving me anymore. And it allowed me to learn compassion and understanding at a whole new level. Also for myself, because, you know, when you're in a foreign uh, country, uh, not knowing the language, I mean, things like going to the grocery store become a challenge because you don't know what things are called. You, you know, you're like, you've got Google Translate on your phone the whole time. Like, what is that? Oh, what's vinegar? Oh, okay, that's what it's called, you know? You're like walking around for hours in the grocery store where it would normally take, you know, 20, 20 30 minutes maybe. Um, so you have to learn this compassion and patience. And that experience for me to go through that has helped me tremendously in helping my patients and clients.
0: Wow, And that's,
1: awesome. so I really think it set me kind of on my path of, okay, you know what, what's really important. This is what you're going to do. And um, yeah, it wasn't always easy, though, I have to say, I mean, I think that we all can relate to that, that our journeys are not always easy. And, but some of the most beautiful things come out of those, um, you know, the frictional times that we have in our life.
0: And talk uh, talk about, about this 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 timeline so you growing up in the states what was it that you achieved uh when you weren't necessarily fulfilled but everyone else saw you as externally successful and then what is it that you're doing now
1: so with the the so you know what whenever i was in school i was really um I was excelling like rapidly in school. I skipped a couple of grades. I was taking college courses when I was like about 13. Like there was a lot of like achievement, 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 going to university, you know, getting my degree at a young age. I think whenever I graduated, for example, with my bachelor's, I wasn't even 21. 21 is a drinking age in the U.S. I wasn't even 21 yet. You know, it was like, And then went to chiropractic school and, you know, excelled there and then got into a very successful practice right off the bat and just was seeing a tremendous amount of patients. And really, I mean, I learned a lot, but it was just like, you know, high intensity, high levels of external success. And it was, it was going great. It was going great. And from the outside looking in, people were just like, wow, you know what? She's just been like right on you know right on schedule right on target has everything at a young age and 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 that kind of thing and so in that time where everything kind of came crashing down in my internal world was when you know it's like okay wait a second what what's important what do i have what's fulfilling so now what i'm doing um when i first moved here i had to work for somebody for a couple of years which was which was interesting because i wasn't used to that anymore because i and when I left the States, I was working for myself, um, but for immigration purposes, I had to work for somebody and that presented challenges for me. And I was in a situation where, um, the philosophies were not matching. Okay. Um, because I had gone through this process of all this external success, but non, no fulfillment. And I kind of landed in a similar, um, place, but it was in that I could see it very clearly. It was being reflected back to me. And so then eventually I left and started my own business here. So then I started my, you know, I have two practices and I started my online uh, coaching and mentoring business. And I'm much more fulfilled and joyful now than I can say, you know, 12 years ago when I had a whole lot of things, external material, material you know, success mm-hmm. uh, to me, Now it's like in that alignment, it comes to you in a different way um, because you align yourself with your intentions, with what's important. And it's kind of like it just kind of flows. The abundance in every way flows to you, flows through you actually um, in a very different way.
0: And what is it specifically? Can you attribute it to something specifically around why you now feel internally fulfilled. Is it, is it that aspect of compassion? Is it that you're following a different mission? Is it that you're integrating two worlds? What is it specifically that allows you to, to shift towards that internal fulfillment now?
1: That is a great question, Tyson. I think the biggest thing is getting in touch with your true self. So getting out of the mind and integrating that with the heart integrating it with your entire system. You know, we've got this, this body, of course, we've got our spiritual self, we've got our mental, emotional, and physical self, but the thing is, is that whenever we start to integrate that and really get to know who we are and let the ego and the mind, you know, the ego and mind is needed, I'm not saying that that's not needed, but it's not gonna be able to run the ship all the time. When we When we really make it the captain, then we can get off course um, very quickly. And I would attribute to me being able to kind of really connect with my true self, of course, through different practices of meditation and lots of different practices, but it's about really you know, learning who am I? What am I about? What's my purpose? What do I want to do? How do I want to contribute in this world? What is it that I want to share? And when I got connected to that, and realize that that was the only thing that I needed to really nurture, I would say that was kind of like the the aha moment, like, ah, okay, this is where it is.
0: And what would, what would you say to someone who's asking themselves that question where they're like, what do I want to contribute? Like, what is it that really means a lot to me? What is it that, uh, you know, what's going to help me grow? And you're asking yourself those deep questions, but you're like, "I just don't know. what is it that I want to contribute to you? What is my mission? What is my heart saying? Right. how do you how do you guide clients in that in that direction to find those deep answers?
1: I think you know that I, one of the things that I always like to ask clients to do is to take some time to write down or to jot down like what brings them fulfillment? What can they lose themselves in for hours? You know, what activities do they find themselves like, oh my gosh, you know, three hours have gone by. I didn't realize that, you know, those kinds of things to really start making, taking notice in their day-to-day life, because that's going to give them a good indication of what they're passionate about and what, what really gives them more energy where they can really thrive rather than something that's sucking their energy out. And that's, that's like one of the first things that I usually tell them, uh, you know, to, to, to take notice of. And then we start to look at that and see if there's certain patterns or see if there's certain kind of, um, you know, themes that are coming up.
0: Yeah. Here's, here's the next thing that comes up. It's like, I love doing this thing. I could do it for hours. I could just yeah. be in it all day, every day, and I'll be happy, but it doesn't right. make me money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does that, does that come up for your clients a lot? Yeah.
1: Absolutely it does come up for my clients a lot. Um, however, that right there, the way that I look at that is that that is a perspective that is a mind uh, a, a mind shift that needs to happen maybe even a paradigm shift for, the, for people to look at I can love because we've been brought up to think we have to work for money, we have to work for it and we don't necessarily have to enjoy it. So that's kind of like what the way we've been brought up. Most of us. Okay. And to take that and to shift that now in that perspective, there could be some things on a subconscious level that are blocking, um, that are, are like these beliefs that they've been brought up with that are kind of blocking them. So from a, um, yeah, from a neurological standpoint, I would look at that and maybe use some techniques and modalities and techniques to be able to clear those blocks, to be able to, to kind of reveal and kind of clear those out to help people shift their perspective. Um, because I know that, I hear that a lot, uh, absolutely, about, well, you know, I love this, but it doesn't make me money. Well, up until now, if we've been doing it just as a hobby or whatever, we haven't really thought about, you know, if I do something with joy, it can make me money. And it really can. We just have to kind of get out of our own way at that yeah. point.
0: Yeah, when when you get out of your own way, these, yeah the creativity flows in a way where it's like, I can take this in any direction. But the the thing that I found is that if you're doing what you love and it's pouring out of you, that is an indication. Like that alone is telling you something, right?
1: Exactly. And
0: then we have these strict beliefs that I need to work hard and hustle. And if I'm not working hard and hustling, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to, to win. I don't deserve to achieve i don't deserve to receive an income and right. one of the keys with my clients all the time when we're exploring this type of topic and i'm and mm-hmm. they explore something they love they're like mm-hmm. and we're like what if you made what if you built a business doing this and they're like you can do that like and it's just like a huge realization <laughs> that they're like i don't right. think that was possible right right my, my question right. to you would be what patterns have you seen uh whether it be you know, people in business with the BC suite executives, Mm -hmm. what are the, what are the, what are the biggest blocks that restrict people from following their heart and following their calling?
1: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things like some, some of the, um, you know, top executives that I've worked with, for example, one of the things that they really feel because some, some of them have, you know, they have all this success and they've done tremendous work. But they're still feeling unfulfilled and part of them is afraid. You know, it's fear, that fear of the unknown, fear of letting people down, maybe fear of the change of their status, so to speak, of how people perceive them. I think really caring what other people think about them. Um, I also think that some people just really uh, don't believe they deserve it. They feel unworthy of it. Uh, They've maybe been told that. They probably tell themselves in their, you know, self-talk a lot. So I think those are the biggest things. One of the, I was just thinking about a a client of mine that I worked with a couple of years ago. Once we worked through shifting his perspective, because he, you know, he had a very, very successful company and he had great employees and was, you know, he said, you know, he said, "I, I really feel guilty complaining about the fact that I'm not happy with all this. He said, but I'm really not. And um, he took a trip uh, to South America, just, you know, with him and his family. And he was so inspired when he was there, just kind of in that downtime, just, you know, leaving the office behind, leaving the business behind. And he ended up getting so inspired one day when he was there about starting um, a nonprofit organization down there and contributing to the community there. And that for him, he, now he still has his company. Okay. He still has his company. But that inspired him so much, and he's doing tremendous work in South America for the people there in, in several different health-wise, clean water, those kinds of things. And it was interesting because he now has much more joy and fulfillment and has inspired a lot of his employees and you know managers and things like that to also encouraging them to find their passions as well, even if it's not that they you know, make a living that way, but to kind of you know, have the complete, uh, the complete uh, package, actually.
0: So what would you say right now, what would you say is your calling? What's your, your mission, your dharma, the thing, that, the thing that you're being pulled towards?
1: Um, I think one of the things that I see is to bring more love and compassion to the world in any way that I can, um, to help people see their light within them and help them shine it brighter into the world. That's the biggest thing that for my, for my purpose, I guess I could say, and what my calling is, is to be able to do that in any way that, that, that manifests. I mean, you know, like I said, I have a practice with patients. That's my goal there. That's like, you know, that's what I feel called to do there in whatever way shows up with my online clients as well, that as well. And I think that that to me is a really strong mission for myself. um, And I enjoy that. That brings me a lot of joy and um, and actually gives me a lot of energy to do that.
0: I think we can talk a lot about this because i I love coaching people around them building a business and having their business as their business success as a byproduct of their personal exactly. awakening, their personal uh, transformation, and them just following their heart. I believe that right. i've been growing my the community online and and my client base and the content, even just by mm-hmm. what's flowing through me, uh, when I when I reach the place of 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 kindness, of love, of compassion, of understanding, of contribution, right. and so I believe people can build their success just as a byproduct of that. And one thing you mentioned before is that seems like a very fulfilling journey, but it's also very scary. Right? It brings up yes. a lot of a, a lot of fear. What do you think people are specifically scared about when they're, when they're making this leap towards that?
1: I think they're scared of failing. I think they're scared of, but you know what they're scared of failing, but there've been a lot of people that I have worked with over the years that have actually been scared of the success. They've been scared of shining their light brighter. They're scared of getting out there, putting themselves out there. There's a sense of vulnerability that comes to play. Um, and, and that is very scary for a lot of people. So, you know, I've seen it on both sides, the scare of, of, you know, failing, just not, you know, not succeeding at all, but also the ones that are scared of their own greatness, their own, you know, uh, gifts, and, and they're afraid to be seen in a way. And, um, so those are, those are the two things that I've seen a lot of. And of course, you know, when we talk about Tyson, like with, as far as like, you know, scared of losing everything materialistically, you know, financially, those kinds of things, making that leap, especially if they're making a huge leap, um, there is some of that. But I think when you really get down to it, I think fear of failure and also fear of success, actually. How about you? What have you, what have you seen, in that way, with your clients.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely along the same the same lines. It's definitely mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are growing their online business, but it's not in alignment. For example, or their heart's calling them towards something else,
1: and right. they're
0: just like they ask themselves, "But how do you make money doing that? I, I don't know how I'm going to make money doing that. I don't think this is what people want. I think when I when I take the leap, um, I'm not going to know what to do. At the, like, right. what if it what if it doesn't work out? So there's all obviously. The, the risk of loss, the risk of failure, the risk of right. looking bad and being judged. You know, what, what yep. are people going to think? Uh, there's so many aspects of that where people are just, uh, they're stuck. They're like, man, I know this is what my heart's pulling me towards. Why the hell right. is my heart pulling me towards something that's super scary? Um, mm-hmm. I believe that's because it's just leading you to the sides of you that you need to let go of. It's leading you so to right. the sides of you that you need to love unconditionally. So for example, when I left my job, I had this mm-hmm. fear um, around losing money. I had to love the side of me, the, the inner child within me that had the belief around money equals security and money equals safety. Right. So I right. had to have that huge leap. Was that something that, what, what did you have to overcome when you took the leap to leave and to get on a, yeah. on a plane in a different country? What, what parts of you did you have to overcome or did you have to embrace?
1: It was about, can I do this on my own? That was a huge thing. Like, am am I gonna be able to rely on myself to be able to pull this off? Because, you know, learning a language, meeting new people in a new job, a new, I mean, just like everything. So like, I like completely like jumped in the deep end, like totally because it was, and that was so scary. That was so scary. Like I was saying before, I remember sitting on that plane And I remember like halfway through the flight and it was a 10 hour flight and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what have I just done? I really had a freak out moment that I thought, okay, as soon as I get there, I'm going to get my bags and go check in and fly back. That's it. I'm not doing this. (laughs) I mean, it was just like, I'm not going to do this, but it was really about that. Could I, could I rely on myself? Could I do it on my own? Am I capable of doing this? Um, and yeah, step by step. And sure, there were days that I thought, oh my God, I do not know why is my soul taking me here? What is my spirit wanting in this? You know, you know all those questions went through. I thought, my goodness, but step by step, I started to see, yeah, oh wow, I can do this. Yeah. Okay, I've learned the language. Okay, I've done this. I'm, okay, this is okay, this is not so bad. And it was about me being my true self. It was me like that was that was the fallback. Actually, you know, looking back on it, that was my fallback. Be yourself. Let your heart lead you. And then Mm -hmm. it it opens up doors. It opens up doors. Was that the
0: belief? Was that the internal belief that said, Okay, if I'm my authentic self, if I'm my true self, my heart will guide me. Was that the was that the belief that put you on the plane rather than keep you in fear in the States?
1: Yes, that was really about, well, well, I will tell you what really was going through my mind at that time was if I don't do, I asked myself the question, if I don't do this 50 years from now, am I going to sit there with regret? That's really the question that I asked myself. And I thought, yes, I will have regret if I do not do this, if I don't try this. And I remember having a conversation with my sister at the time and she said, you know, you can always come back. She said, that's always an option. You can always come back. But if you don't try this, how are you going to feel? And that for me was the motivation to say, I'm getting on this plane. I don't care. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I don't want to live with regret. You know, (laughs) like I don't want to live with regret.
0: And no one does. I mean, we all, we all need to, we all need to sort of, you know, study, study the works of, um, of, of Bronnie Weir, who, who wrote, um, the four, mm-hmm. what's it the four, four, um, secrets or the four regrets of the dying
1: four regrets. Of, yeah. exactly yeah, And
0: she, she basically says, number one is, uh, number one regret is I wish I had the courage to live the life I knew I was meant to live, right. To be, to be true and authentic to myself. And so, um, that was me when I left to go to Canada, I mm-hmm. had no clue. I had never traveled by myself before. And I was going on this trip. and didn't know when I was going to come back. And I remember similar to you when the moment for me wasn't on the plane. The moment for me was when I left my family and went to the, basically just went through the gate to uh, right. you know, check in for the, for, by myself. I just started yeah. sobbing. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm just literally by myself. No clue what's going to happen on the other side. No clue what's going to happen in Canada. I don't know anyone. And, and it, was, it was just a crazy, uh, awakening for me but i was being called i was being pulled i was uh i was having similar uh questions of man if i don't do this now when am i ever going to get this opportunity and so i knew i was going to regret that so that's something everyone listening can ask themselves it's like if i don't do this if i don't execute and take steps on this calling that's here then will i regret that down the down the track like will i regret that and so i love how you help people find their authentic selves and live an authentic life. So you've talked about finding this, finding your, your purpose and your calling by basically exploring what gives you joy. What can you do all day? Things that you will not get sick of, you know, all those sort of things. What else can we do to help us find that, that true and authentic self?
1: I think you know, regular practice of connecting with yourself on a regular basis, whether it's with meditation or journaling, or some sort of practice that gets you connected with you know your true inner self, like that that voice in the mind, the voice inside, that that you know that most intimate inner inner place that we have that a lot of times we're so busy in our in our world and our life that we kind of neglect it, we kind of push it aside. I really think spending some time, even if it's only five minutes, even only five minutes a day. Cause I know one of the things that some clients say, well, I just don't have time for that. I'm like, you know what? Surely you have three minutes. I usually, sometimes with some people I start with three minutes. I'm like, you yeah, have three minutes. I know you have three minutes. Okay. And then we start, you know, that slowly, but I think that's really important to have some sort of, um, you know, check in with yourself. And if this is where I think Tyson, you probably have, have seen this as well. This is where I think working with a coach or a mentor is helpful to a lot of people because some people, it's not that they don't have the discipline to do it. They just don't know how to do it or what to do in that, you know, three to five minutes or whatever. And I think that coaches and mentors can help guide people in that way to help them start because it can be quite scary at first. You know, sometimes people sit there and they're like, okay, all the negative stuff comes up. Well, how do you quiet that down? How do you control that? How do you, you know, process that differently and change your perspective? Sometimes it's difficult to do that on your own only. Mm. But um, but yeah, that's what I would say uh, is something to, to be able to start doing.
0: Beautiful. Now, you do have a three minute meditation that's on your website that people can check out. Um, what do you recommend people do to start with in that three to five minutes that they're? Placing themselves in, in in a chair or in, or in silence or whatever it may be. What is it specifically that you guide people to do?
1: I usually love to get people connected with their 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 body, right? Breathing, okay. Breathing exercises and integrating um breathing, like you know, we all breathe, thankfully, but we're never taught how to consciously breathe. You know, at a young age, very few of us are really taught how to really focus our breath and consciously breathe and. The reason why that that's important is that's an integration of what I consider the spirit with the body. We're integrating that, we're infusing that. And if we can learn to connect ourselves, cause a lot of times we're disassociated with our body. Like we've got our mind over here and our body is somewhere over here. That's why I think generally speaking in our society, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a, a vast amount of prescription medicines to kind of suppress the symptoms. Okay, Uh, you know, just suppress it rather than feel into it. Um, There's kind of this idea of let's push that away. I don't want to feel things. Um, If I get a headache, let me just pop a pill, not really asking, is there something else that's causing it? You know, uh, that that kind of thing. So I like to get people to really connect with their body through breath. So in that three to five minutes, you know, just really taking some moments to take some deep breaths. Uh, in and out, and 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 at the beginning, you don't really have to do it a specific way. Just start to do it, start to make that connection, because um, on a physiological level, that's already going to start changing the nervous system, the way the nervous system is reacting, and it'll give you at least three to five minutes of some calmness, mm-hmm. of some just relaxation, and um, you know, in that state, we're able to tap into our creativity a lot easier and yeah. inspiration.
0: I find. Also, for those who say they don't have time, um, I think this makes time because I do two hours of meditation um, every day and I, I don't recommend that for everyone. I, this is just my, my journey. Um, but I sit in silence for a lot of the time and I'll wake up and I can, I can sense that my ego and my mind is running the show of, oh my God, I've got to do this, this, this and this. I've got 3,000 interviews today and I've got to do this blog and this post and this Instagram or whatever and, and whatever it may be. And when I go and sit down in silence and put that connection with myself as a priority is what you're saying, I realized I didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> I didn't have to call that person. Exactly. I didn't have to send these messages, check my emails. I didn't have to do any of that. I basically feel into it and then follow my heart and what feels aligned, what feels guided, what feels in flow and what feels creative. You know, And then I start creating rather than um, you know following a, uh, a schedule that my ego built and it's it, it's it, it creates time i find and so so many people message me saying how much do you, you get you, you're doing all this stuff how do you do all this stuff i'm like i don't do anything i i literally i'm living a very relaxed lifestyle at the moment and when i do interviews like this and i and i um and i do put in a you know a lot of effort it's very guided and I love it. It feels fun. I like, I love having these conversations and, and organizing interviews and and doing all that thing. And, and so that's what I find is that if you don't have five minutes to place that as a priority, um, you're just, you'll be stuck in the, in the patterns and stuck in the, in the egoic mind that just runs right. on repeat until you find a way out of it. And this sort of seems to be one way out of it. Is that what you found?
1: Yes, you know, I think that that is very important. You know, I I was thinking about the fact that one of the conversations that I have with some of my clients is that, listen, if you don't give yourself five minutes to take care of yourself, think of it as a self-care kind of five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, you know, um, you can't be there for other people in your life fully, fully Mm -hmm. present. And how important is that to you? Cause I know a lot of people are thinking about, you know, well, my wife, my kids, um, you know, my employees, you know, all the, about the extra. And that's, that's great. That's, that's good. But at the end of the day, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't be there for the other people. You know, we suffer our, if our health suffers, if our well-being suffers, it, it transfers to everybody that we associate with. So, you know, at, but I agree with you, Tyson. It is something, you know what, it creates time. And there's so th- something so beautiful about that organic flow that can happen. It's just, it's a magical, it's a magical way of uh, operating. And you don't, you can be relaxed. You don't have to have this um, high pressure all the time, kind of on your shoulders.
0: Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. So what is what is some tips or some advice you have for people who are uh, wanting to integrate some Eastern philosophies with their Western lifestyle, so that they can find more of their path, get on more of their calling, and start to serve in a way that they really want.
1: Well, I think you know, um, exploring first of all, you know, what it is. You know, I think there are a couple of different things. Exploring first of all, what it is that you really want. How do you really want to create? How how can you envision, if you can just daydream, sit and daydream, you know, how would I love to spend my time? How would I like to feel? And that'll give you an indication of probably some of your beliefs and some of the things that you can kind of deepen. Of course, you can read books and you can, you know, do a lot of things. I would say one of the first things that you can do is start with this quiet time that we're talking about, meditation or stillness I think that's one of the first things that I would recommend for somebody to do. Get involved in some sort of uh, meditative practice or some sort of uh, quiet moments for yourself and um, maybe journal about it and write about it because what that's going to help you do, it's going to help you start to build the circuitry, new circuitry in our neurological system Um, whenever we do that, that allows us to follow through with these new practices. Um, You know, we can't, of course, we can just start, but it's also something that we want to have ongoing. We want to implement things that are going to be lasting, right? We don't want to just do a meditation for 10 days because we think it's going to, you know, give us X, Y, Z result. It's about a lifestyle change and we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to uh, take it step by step And, um, and I, that's what I would really recommend for people to do initially.
0: Okay, great. And you, you recommended that we can read and learn and, 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 and engage in books. Is there anything in particular that you study or any books that have, uh, opened your mind or things that you would recommend some people read and study so that they can start to integrate some of this stuff?
1: Well that's a really good question. I I read a lot. Um, I will tell you like with the Eastern philosophies and and things like that I was brought up with uh, a lot of the you know the ancient scriptures reading about the Vedas, reading the Bhagavad Gita, reading um um j he's a very ph- philosophical man from way back when um you know so i've done a lot of uh, joseph campbell's another one that i have done a lot of reading and and looking at so there are some 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 things like that that people can actually access and read um and i think that it's going to be whatever uh, kind of speaks to you because there's so much out there to be able to fulfill. For me, it's been a combination of, you know, some of the uh, Buddhist uh, uh, and, and Hindu, of course, uh, scriptures and, and text and those kinds of things that have been a, a biggest influence for me. Um, but I have found that you'll get drawn to, you know, Tyson, like what we're talking about, like being in that flow, you'll get drawn to certain things. You'll hear somebody like, for example, when you start to quiet down and start to listen from inside, um, you'll start to hear, you know, you'll hear somebody talking about a movie. You'll hear somebody talking about, uh, you know, a book or something like that. And you'll be drawn to what it is that you need to hear and be exposed to.
0: Mm, I've, I've definitely noticed that since I started studying, meditation and I was just being guided to Wayne Dyer. I was guided to right. the, there for um, more Eastern philosophies and ancient wisdom around the Tao Te Ching and Taoism and Buddhism. Right. And I actually, do you know of um, Persister's Yoga? Yes.
1: yes. Yes.
0: I ordered that book. It oh. hasn't arrived yet, but apparently Wayne Dyer recommends it. He was going through and it. it's apparently this huge right. 600 page book of just this, just this dialogue right. of, uh, of, of Indian masters. And so I'm going to dive in deep in that. I have no clue why I have.
1: Uh, I, don't, I yeah. think
0: I'm undertaking something that's of, of massive proportion, but I think it's it's a <laughs> calling to me. It's interesting. And it's something right. that uh, has just flowed one after the other. Like you say, it'll, things will call to you. Things will be interesting. Yeah. Things will just come into your life that's, that's meant to. And following that allows you to follow your dharma, allows you to, it'll get you closer to your path that you're meant to be on. And what's interesting is your mind sometimes doesn't know why, you know, like you said, you exactly. just knew that your heart was guiding you and you had this gut feeling that said, you know, take get on a plane, right? Go to, go right. to Northern, go to Northern Europe and, and tell yourself and, and show yourself that you can do this by yourself. You didn't know why you had no right. clue why, but you just trusted that and you had that, that belief. So that's so cool. Uh, is there anything else? Anything else that's coming through that uh, that business owners or people who are wanting to jump on their path can can implement in their life that that you would recommend?
1: Well, I would say you know one thing is that if if you're a business owner, uh, you know, or you don't even have to be a business owner, entrepreneur, anybody out there that is really starting to question, like, am I on the right path? Am I doing? Um, the right thing you know open up yourself to to listen to different podcasts such as yours Tyson you know I think that you've got a great a great platform here where you share some very interesting perspectives you know I encourage um, the people out there that are kind of questioning to uh, give yourself some time invest the time in yourself to to be open to listening to other perspectives to seeking some help about. How you can make these changes. You know, don't be afraid. Don't let that fear stop you. Yes, I know it can be scary, but try not to let that stop you because by the, you know, you just take that first step and I tell you, you're already going to feel a lot better uh, about what, you know, the changes that you're going to do. And it's going to impact your life in a very positive way um, and also those around you. So, I would just encourage people to, to just kind of open up and be open. I mean, you know, we're in an interesting time right now with this COVID-19. I mean, they, practically the entire world was on lockdown and some of, you know, some countries still are on, you know, partial lockdown. Um, I'm not too sure how it is down there for you guys now, Tyson, or you yeah, guys? We, uh, we,
0: uh, we've lifted some of the restrictions, but definitely still in, uh, still on, all in caution and, and definitely, uh, definitely mostly on lockdown.
1: Exactly. So same here. And you know, here's the thing, this is an opportune time. I see it as an opportune time to reinvent ourselves, to recreate what we're doing, to kind of hit the reset button and say, okay, what was working, what really wasn't working, what really wasn't fulfilling. Now's the time to kind of really investigate that and kind of really kind of get some introspection there and take a look at that, take advantage of that right now.
0: And as you look in, during this time of, of isolation, is there anything that's an expansion for you that your heart's pulling you towards that might be, might be a bit scary or, or something that's on the other side? Is, what, is there anything that, that you're being called towards?
1: Yes, you know what? I realize more than ever now, like in this time frame, what's really coming out for me is that I'm going to be moving more into just um, more teaching, more coaching, more mentoring and less patient care. And that is, I will always do patient care on some level, of course, because I really love it. But I'm feeling this huge shift for me coming up that it, I'm just being pulled. I'm just, I'm literally just being pulled in that way. And I'm like, okay, you know what? It's scary. It's it's like, I don't know what it's going to look like or anything like that. But I've been that. I've done that before. <laughs> I've been there yeah. before. It's okay. I, I got this, you know? So um that's really what's happening for me right now.
0: It seems like you've definitely, definitely conditioned that muscle of following <laughs> yeah. your heart. You know, if you can leave, the, if you can leave your home and go to a different country with a different language and not know why, just understand that's your heart's calling. That's strengthening that, that muscle of, of right. trust, of faith, of knowing. And yeah. so what I've found in my life as well is that you, you get more and more of that trust and you, you take more and more of those leaps. Once you take the little leaps, you know, once you take the little exactly. leaps, it just builds and builds and builds where eventually you can, you can take those, those larger leaps. That's, that's incredible. So where can people find you more about you, more about your work?
1: So people can go to my website, um, theprasadmethod.com. Um, I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at the Prasad Method, and people can reach out to me um, on any of those, uh, any of those platforms or through my website, through the contact page.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. If you're looking to, if you're looking to just expand with this stuff and couple the Eastern philosophies with with the Western practices, you know, with, with all of that stuff uh, definitely reach out. This has been, I, I love these interviews. I love just being able to, to geek out on this sort of stuff because this is my calling is heightening the level of, of consciousness of the planet of right. business owners of entrepreneurs. And I think, more and more people are being drawn to this sort of work once they realize where, where a lot of your clients are, where they're like, what I'm doing is not fulfilling and and where the hell do I begin with a more fulfilling journey? So right. I just want to thank you. And first of all, I just want to acknowledge you for getting on that plane, right? Getting on that plane. And that's obviously not only, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of a bit met- metaphorically in one sense, but literally in another sense, uh, but getting on the plane and following your heart because you're doing what you you can in the world you're you're just being vulnerable open and honest along the way and i uh, i just really appreciate the time here and what you've shared
1: thank you so much tyson i really enjoyed uh talking with you today and sharing sharing this time together and uh loved hearing about your journey as well so thank you and keep keep up the good work and and putting all your you know all your light out there in the world so uh yeah
0: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're like me and you have a heart that wants to contribute, you might want to come join us over on the online Facebook community called Connect, Contribute, Collaborate. This is the community of heart-centered business owners who are all doing this internal work. We mastermind around the latest business topics. We collaborate with each other to grow as one. And we do what we can to assist some charities and worthy causes around the world. So head over to tysoncoaching.com where you can find the link to join. And if you know you wanna dive in deep into this work yourself, sign up for the free transformational group coaching calls. Whether you wanna uncover some unconscious patterns or shift those you're already aware of, or maybe even just benefiting from the live coaching of other members, there's always takeaways that lead to more peace and clearly more business success on the other end. Because I believe it's not what you learn here that's gonna help you with your awakening, it's what you actually do with it. So if it feels like your expansion, jump over to tysoncoaching.com and I'll see you in the
1: community. Take care now.